The newly formed communities of Christian disciples is solid in its commitment to the apostolic faith and to each other, living joyfully in the abundance of charity. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possession and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. As an encouragement to persevere against unjust suffering, Peter recounts the story of Jesus' death with words that echo the prophet Isaiah's image of the suffering servant. A reading from the first letter of Peter. It is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that, free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. This is the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's always Good Shepherd Sunday. The collect of the day talks about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. It's an enduring image 
Um, we sang the third verse of the gospel hymn, Perverse and Foolish Oft I Stray, He Brought Me Home on His Shoulders. The very first depiction that we have of Jesus in Christian art, in the catacombs, is of a young man carrying a sheep, a lamb, on his shoulders. And so that image has been popular for a long, long time. It's a comforting image. Um, the story of the 99 and the one who is lost, and Jesus goes to get the one who is lost, will always be brought safely home. But then we get to the gospel, gospel from John chapter 10, expecting good shepherd, and we don't get good shepherd at all. We get door. I am the door or the gate. What an odd image. It even says that the disciples don't understand it. This passage in the gospel comes immediately after the story of the healing of the man born blind. Remember that story? We had it in Lent. Jesus is walking along with his disciples. They see the man born blind and they ask, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus says, Not about sin. It's about doing the works of God. Jesus heals him. And then Jesus and the disciples drop out of the story. He's outside the synagogue to start with. He's inside the synagogue for his questioning. The Pharisees question him. And at the end of the story, he's thrown out of the synagogue again for confessing the Christ. Jesus then interviews the Pharisees, and they say, are we sinners? And he said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be sinners. But now that you say you see, you're sinners. And then addresses this to his disciples. So this is a question about being in or out and how we got there. Part of it's about pastoral leadership. He's talking about who it is that's going to lead the sheep. Um, And that's what the word pastor means, shepherd. So I'm your shepherd, you're a bunch of sheep, right? Um, Knowing voice. um, The people who are trying to tell you what to do, don't pay attention to them. They're thieves and bandits and robbers. But the ones to whom you listen, those are the ones who come in by the gate. But it's not just about pastoral leadership. It's also about the flock. Um, I've often talked about in, in sort of the shift that we made in the Episcopal Church in the 50s and 60s, it being about where God was. Um, in the olden days, of course, the altar was against the east wall, even though that's west. Liturgically, it's east. Um, and the priest prayed with his back to the people um, facing the altar. God was out the east window. I served in a parish once that had the east window was the good shepherd, so it was really good to preach about that in that church. The east window. We turned the altar around, and I faced the congregation. Where is God now? God is in the room. But this story tells us something different. We encounter Jesus at the door, neither in the building nor out of the building, but at the door. So what does that mean? He will lead them in, the pastor will lead them in and lead them out. They'll come in and find safety. They'll go out and find pasture. Remember the story that we heard of the resurrection in John's Gospel? The disciples are in the building with the door locked for fear of the Jews. Um, They're clearly not encountering Jesus until he comes through the door and meets them. And then he breathes on them and says, Receive Holy Spirit. The sins of whoever you release, they are released to them. The sins of whoever you hold on, they're held on for them. 
So Jesus is at the door, neither in nor out of the building. We come here to find safety. That's what it says in the, in the sheepfold, we find safety. We come here sometimes bruised by the world, sometimes not quite sure what's up. We talk to each other. We hear God's voice as we work out whatever the difficulties is are. And then we go out into the world to release the sins of whoever we release, to hold the sins of whoever we hold. So this is a place we can come and be safe and hear what God is saying to us so that we can go out into the world and do the works of God in the world. And we encounter Jesus at the door. Who are we inviting in through the door? Who are we going out to minister to? If we stay inside and only think about church stuff, we're not encountering Jesus. If we stay outside and only think about world stuff, we're not encountering Jesus. It's in the coming in and the going out, making this a safe place for us to come and for others to come so that we can then go out and embody Christ in the world. God isn't in the room, according to this figure of speech. Jesus is at the door. Who are we bringing across? How are we coming across that door ourselves? Amen. Amen.